the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. So let's start with a brief recap of what we learned. Now, for those who are just joining us, let me just see by show of hands how many are joining us today for the first time. Raise your hand, please. Lovely. Lovely. Wonderful. Okay. For those who are just joining us, I've been teaching on understanding the gospel for some time. I don't even remember when the series started, but it's taken different directions and dimensions. But in this period, my aim has been to have us understand now the fruit of our salvation, what this salvation has brought. And if I'm not mistaken, what's the first fruit I mentioned which it has brought? I teach so many sermons. I'm not talking about the process. I'm talking about the fruit. There's something. What did I teach before eternal life? This. <laughs> Sorry? I told, no, that's the process. Is eternal life the first one? Oh, yeah, eternal life is the first one of the fruit. Yeah. And then, last week, we began looking at the life that we received from Adam. And... We looked at how eventually it was described as vanity. Because there's only so much it can give you. And then we looked into the Greek words for the word life. Because the New Testament was written in Greek. And we found three Greek words for the word life. What's the first Greek word we found? Bios, right? And what does bios mean? Biological, right? Then what's the second Greek word we found? Suche, suke, whatever you want to pronounce it as. And what did that describe? The soulish life. But then what's the one that Jesus came to give? The one, John 3.16, which says that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Zoe. Have what? Zoe. Okay. So, and Zoe life, we described it as the very essence of the life that God has. It's not just in longevity, it's in quality. That's how we described it. And today, let's go deeper into understanding this. So when you hear me saying Zoe, I'm simply talking about the eternal life that's described in John 3.16. Okay, turn to your neighbor and say, have you heard about Zoe? Now today, I want us to look at the manifestation of this eternal life 
The first thing I want to mention is that this eternal life comes from the Lord Jesus. It comes from having a relationship with the Lord Jesus. I need to mention something. Do you know that it's possible to be religious in a Christian sense and yet not have a relationship with the Lord? The first man that Jesus ever spoke to about being born again in John 3 was Nicodemus. He was a religious man. As a matter of fact, he was a teacher. But the man had no understanding of the aspect of being born again. Let me just show you a statement that may sound a bit scary that Jesus mentioned. John chapter 5 and verse 39. And especially in a country like Zambia, because in, in Zambia, everyone can give you scriptural advice. Everyone. And that's why I believe that every person needs the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who brings the scriptures to life. And that's when we encounter it as the word. Let me explain. Are we in John 5 and verse uh, 38? I'll read it for you. Verse 39, Jesus is speaking and he says, You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. In all of these, the word used is Zoe. So Jesus is telling the Jews in that time, like, you guys are searching the scriptures, looking for eternal life. And yet the scriptures are pointing to me. And so you're looking in the scriptures, but you're not willing to come to me so that I give you eternal life. That shows you it's possible to be very religious. Very religious. But not yet come to the Lord Jesus. What then does it mean to come to the Lord Jesus? It means to submit to his lordship. It means that it's no longer a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of godly, but a little bit of street, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It's no longer about that. It's, if it's the Lord Jesus, it's him. He is the way. Notice before it says he's the life, it says I am the way. So he's the path you follow. Then it says I am the truth. So it's his principles that you live by. And then it says I am the life. And it says no one comes to the Father except through me. So it's very possible to be religious and yet you find that certain areas of your life you've not surrendered to the Lord Jesus. Have you surrendered all? Or have you surrendered almost? Praise God. <laughs> so there is that aspect where you can find very people who are very religious but have not come to the Lord Jesus. They've not accepted him as Lord. Don't be one of those. And by the way, I'm not saying that this happens unconsciously. A person is very aware if they've fully submitted to the Lord or if they've decided to submit in parts. A person is fully aware. Praise God. I say praise the Lord. Okay, now. Eternal life comes from the Lord Jesus. He gives it to whoever he pleases. <laughs> that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I want us to answer a few questions. What is eternal life? It is the life that God has. 
we can describe it as life over and 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 over again. It is the same life that flows in God and is his gift to us. Romans. Let's go to the book of Romans, chapter 6 and verse 23. For the wages of sin is, but the gift of God is, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's the same life that flows through him. Now, it's very difficult to define eternal life in one sentence. What I find easier is to express its qualities. So, meaning we're on point number one, what is eternal life? And then now we're on a subheading, the qualities of eternal life. So now we can say A. <laughs> by the time I'm done with you, <laughs> I said by the time we are done, Number one, eternal life gives you access and connection to God. The challenge with the previous life is that sin separates man from God. And you can see that in Isaiah 59 from verse 1 and 2. But one thing eternal life does is that it gives you access and connection to God. Somebody say, I have access to God. Say it again. I have access to God. Have I left my other device? Okay, it's here. It gives you access and connection to God. And that's very, very, very important to know. Let's just go to one scripture in the book of John. John chapter 14. This is precious. I have access to God. I don't have to pray, Lord, if you can hear me. I have access to God. John chapter 14. Can we read from verse 1 just for context? except we'll have to be a bit quick. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Uh-huh. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I got to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Wow. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. Now, that sounds mysterious, right? Imagine Jesus is telling the disciples, saying, I'm going, and then where I'm going, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then he tells them, where I'm going, you already know it. Imagine that. He says, where I'm going, you know. And there's always that one disciple who asks questions. Look at the next verse. Thomas. <laughs> ah, Thomas just thought to himself, I've never been there. I've never been sent a Google location. How am I supposed to know where it is? So Thomas goes like, and by the way, the person who asks questions is a good thing because we all learned because Thomas asked the question. 
No, I hear he was not doubting Thomas. He was asking Thomas. So let's go. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? <laughs> what did Jesus reply? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Do you now see the context of that verse? He said, I am the way. You know the way. How? Because I'm here. And he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the life. And if you remember the teachings on the tabernacle, what was the gate called? The way. What was the door called? The truth. And what was the veil called? The life. And to get to the Father, Jesus had to be pierced. We literally went to the Father through him. <laughs> Somebody say glory. glory. I actually wish I could go on and on and on. Okay, maybe can we just read a few more verses? Just listen to the way Jesus talks. Eh? Verse 7. And Jesus is intriguing. He says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Next verse. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Uh -huh. Jesus said, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? Hmm. I, I don't know how I would have reacted. <laughs> and then he says, he who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Let's go on. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father, the Father who dwells in me does the works. Suddenly he's talking about, he was always telling about his Father in heaven. Now he's talking about his Father inside. Let's go on. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. Uh-huh. Most assuredly, I say to you, hey, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Uh -huh. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Uh -huh. If you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. I just want you to see the build up. I'll end somewhere. Verse 15. John 14 is one of my favorite chapters, by the way, in the Bible. Then it says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Then it says, and I will pray the Father and he will give you another counselor. The spirit of truth. The world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, just notice something. Earlier on, they asked him to show them the Father. And then he says, ah, have I not been with you? And then afterwards he says, the Father will send the Holy Spirit. And then he doesn't say you will know the Holy Spirit. He says you already know him. For right now, as, as, as we are talking, he's with you. How was he with them? Because Jesus was with them. And then he said, and then he'll be in you. Eh, that's a story for another day. Now, that's access. Eternal life brings access. That's one quality. It brings access. It brings a particular level of communication, a particular level of access to God. Somebody say, I have access to God. Listen, God is not found. I hope you get the sense I mean this in. He's not found at church or in the building over there or in the building that side. How do I know? As it stands, we've not even yet built our own sanctuary. We use an events place. But do you see the crazy stuff that happens here? God is found where we are. 
So you don't leave God at church when you go home. He goes back with you. And any place that you settle in becomes the temple of God. Do you remember what happened with Dagon? When they put the Ark of the Covenant in Dagon's temple, it became God's temple. Dagon had to bow. So listen, it doesn't matter the, the nature of the place that you're in. As long as you have God with you, it becomes holy ground. Lift your hands and say, I thank God for eternal life. Come on, say, I have access to God. Now let's look at the next number two. I don't know if, I don't know if you want to hear this one. Are you sure you want to hear this one? Because this one, if you hear it, someone will run from there to that side. As in... Number two. What other quality of eternal life? This is B, right? Maybe I may just give my notes. <laughs> I will see. Cell ministry. <laughs> so that those who don't attend cell. <laughs> so B. B. We get to live forever. Let me say it again. We get to live forever. Now, let me tell you why this is important. Because, how many of you remember how we showed you a few scriptures from Ecclesiastes where the preacher defines the quality of that first life because the guy achieved everything. It says he didn't deny himself anything his eyes wanted. I think I didn't show you that verse, right? It's very important that you see what the preacher says. You know, one of the most important questions in life is how will you spend your eternity? Or maybe you've already started spending it. Now, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I want, you to, I want you to hear this. The life we received from Adam brought a certain hopelessness when it came to eternity. Because if you remember in Genesis 3, all that was said is, from dust, we, from dust you came, to dust you return. That was the curse. And then, there is a certain hopelessness that came about with regards eternity. That's why you'll notice that, in essence, there's always been a lot of mystery surrounding um, the dead. There's always been a lot of mystery surrounding the dead. I don't know if somebody's getting my point. There's always been a lot of mystery surrounding them because it's it's a question people have always asked. Sometimes people don't know, what, what do we do? Do we worship them? Um, do we worship our ancestors? Do we, do, they, do we wait for them to give us signals? Do they become lingering spirits? Do they become ghosts? Those are the questions people have always had. And there's a hopelessness. There's a hopelessness. I had a very strange experience some time back, I had gone to the hospital. There was something that was being checked on. And um, I'd gone there. We were doing some checks with my wife. Uh, I won't mention what kind of checks so that 
<laughs> you won't know the kind of period of time. And while there, I was approached by somebody. First, I, I, we kept hearing a lot of sounds, like groaning, deep groaning. Then I was approached by somebody, and the person said, I know you, you're a pastor. famous, <laughs> Just a little bit. So, you know, the person said, I know you're a pastor. Um, you need to come now. Now, that was during the period of a lot of COVID restrictions, people not allowed, but there are certain moments where people break protocol. So, I was left in the room alone, and there was um, a woman who was dying. They were in the process of dying. It was very obvious that the woman was about to die. And you know the part that got to me the most? They, they were trying to hold on to something. It's like they were going somewhere and they knew it. And they, they, they kept trying so hard to hold on to something. Like, no, no, no. It's like it wasn't pain in the body. There was a different kind of agony. And so I was left alone with the woman. And I knew that the person was going. And I obeyed the scripture which says if a person has not committed a sin unto death, pray for them. And so there's some special prayer that was done. And I stepped out. And then the person suddenly went very peacefully. Almost as if they went somewhere else. Now here's what I'll tell you. In that moment when the woman was in the process of going, at that point, they didn't care how cute their hair was looking that day. They didn't seem to care how much was in their bank account. They didn't seem to care how many houses they owned. They didn't seem to care whether they had a PhD or a master's. <laughs> they didn't seem to care about any of those things. It seemed as if what mattered the most at that point was where they were going. What am I trying to say? All these things that we use on earth, let's remember that they are temporal. They are all passing away. But make sure you've secured your eternity. So one of the qualities of eternal life is that we get to live forever. Now I was trying to describe the hopelessness of the life that was received from Adam. Here's where the hopelessness comes in. Now, I'm not saying everything that was received from Adam in this context, I'm not saying that we don't get to enjoy things of the world like uh, chicken and chips and... Uh, what else do you enjoy about the world? Shawarma. Shawamas. <laughs> I know those things. It's got all those things, but they are not enough. They are not enough. No matter how many times you try to put them, they are really just never enough. Look at how Solomon describes it in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 18. You know, Ecclesiastes is a very interesting book. Some people have called it seemingly the most negative book in the scriptures. I used to avoid it. And then one day I was in a class and God led me to read it in five minutes and gave me a particular understanding of it. Now, this is what he says. I said in my heart concerning the conditions of the sons of men, God tests them that they may see that they themselves are like animals. Notice, he's not saying God has said they are like animals. He says, I said in my heart. How? Because of what he observed. What did he observe? Let's continue. 
verse 19. For what happens to the sons of men also happens to animals. One thing befalls them. As one dies, so dies the other. Surely they all have one breath. Man has no advantage over animals for all his vanity. Let's continue. All go to one place. Which place is he describing? All are from the dust and all return to the dust. Uh-huh. Who knows? You see, you see the hopelessness he's describing. First he says, look, as far as our knowledge is concerned right now, all we know is that from dust you came, from dust you return. And then he says, then what's the difference with animals? Since they have the same breath, and then they all go to the same place, which is the dust. And then he goes on to say, who knows the spirit of the sons of men? Meaning they know where the flesh of the sons of men goes. But then they had a question now, which was, who knows the spirit of the sons of men, which goes upwards, and the spirit of the animal, which goes down to the earth? He, like, who knows? That's a certain hopelessness. It's a certain hopelessness. Because it means, um, in the context, I'll use the context of death because that's the context you use. It means whether a person is given the grandest funeral in the world with millions spent and everyone having chicken and, and chips for dinner and stuff like that. It means, according to Solomon, in that period, there's no difference between that and what happens to an animal. And I'm not saying that with any form of disrespect. I'm just trying to show the hopelessness that was there. Then, <laughs> somebody else comes on the scene. <laughs> John 11. Look at verse 23. Now, John 11 is a very interesting portion of scripture because we get to in see an interaction between heaven's perspective and earth's perspective. How do I know? On earth, what they knew is that Lazarus is dead. What Jesus knew is that Lazarus is asleep. That's what Jesus knew. What Jesus knew is Lazarus is asleep. What the earth knew is that Lazarus is dead. Such that eventually Jesus had to tone his language down. He kept saying, Lazarus is asleep. No, Lazarus is asleep. Then eventually he had to tone his language down and say, okay, what I mean is ABCD. And then when he goes and speaks to Martha and Mary, verse 23 again, please. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Next verse. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. You know what I love about this? At least now we start seeing hope. I don't know if somebody is getting my point. At least there is a hope to say, okay, at least on the last day, I'm still going to see this person. And then Jesus says, let's go on. I am the resurrection and the Zoe. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And then he goes on to say, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Now, I want you to notice this. He says, he who believes in me, Though he may die, he shall live. So meaning, there is a message which is the hopeful part now for those who've passed away. Okay? That because they believed in the Lord Jesus, even though they've had that experience, they will live. But then it seems the message is different for those who are alive. Notice, he turns and says, and whoever lives, 
and believes in me. He shall never die. Do you believe this? What am I trying to say? Whereas others see it as life after death. Do you know how I see it? I just see it as life. What do I mean? It's simply, it's just simply others may graduate the other way, others may graduate the other way, but it's really just an extension of living. There is no pause, there is no break. It's an extension. It's a kingdom that expands even beyond the grave. It's an extension. And you know, let me put it like this, and I will say it very boldly. And for me, this is my faith for you. Okay? It's my faith, my personal faith for you. With no um, with no please hear me and hear me well. It's not necessary for any of you here to die. It's not necessary. We've got a lot of work. It's not necessary. Let me just put it strongly. We are not planning on attending any of your funerals because we're not planning on burying any of you. And I will say it with boldness. That we, we, I, I think one of the most helpful things is to expect to be that generation that the Lord Jesus finds. So we are planning, we've got plans for you. Our plans for you is that you are the generation that the Lord Jesus will find and rapture. I don't know if somebody is hearing me. And that's why if Satan has had any plan to steal, kill, or destroy, to terminate anything in your life, I stand as a servant of God and I rebuke that plan in Jesus' name. And any word that has been uttered against you, any word that has been uttered against your longevity of life, any word that has been uttered against your quality of life, I stand as a servant of God and I refute those words in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. It's not necessary. We've got a lot of work. Praise God. <laughs> we need you here. It's not necessary. Hey. So it's an extension. Now, this is very important. Let me just read a few notes here. Matthew 25, verse 46. Jesus says something interesting. He says, and these will go into everlasting punishment. 25, verse 46. But the righteous into eternal life. So you notice the quality of eternal life being expressed here is living forever. <sighs> that settles a lot. I don't have to think about, so what will happen one million years from now? What will I be a million years from now? Can you imagine we're going to live forever? Might as well start getting along now. Eh? <laughs> 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 you don't want to be one of those who's avoiding a certain corner in heaven. Like, no, I'm avoiding that street. <laughs> We might as well get along. We're going to live forever. And, 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 and now, if we can enjoy singing hallelujah here, can you imagine the sing hallelujah we'll sing there? <laughs> can you imagine on that day we join the resurrection? 
stand beside the heroes of the faith. Imagine we're doing a sing hallelujah. Abraham is there. Uh, David is the one leading the dances. David comes to the front. Da, da, da. And then David, David says, everybody, everybody. Da, da. And then we see Jeremiah. And then we just see my father, you know, oh, Elijah, 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 Elijah. <laughs> And then we see somebody having like a discussion with a whale. I won't, I won't say. Who, I, I won't say. <laughs> I won't say which brother of mine that is. <laughs> and oh my God! And then not only that, we also meet our loved ones who've gone before us, and we meet them like, "Hi, good to see you." And then you go like, "How are you doing?" And they tell you, "I've been so well here." <laughs> And they tell you, we've heard stories about the people you've led to Christ. We've heard stories about how you've stood in the faith. And then we all join together. Let it be today. If that doesn't excite you, then I don't know what does. What's going to happen after that? How am I supposed to know? (laughs) How am I supposed to know? Will we be given assignments? Maybe that one is sent on that planet to go do that. I don't know. But my God. I can't wait for it. It'll be pure ecstasy. And we'll look at our Savior right there. Sing the song of Moses. Hopefully sing the song of Frederick. You know? <laughs> And then there will be heaven awards. Ha, I look forward, guys. I, I, I don't know about you, but I look forward. I've got two more points. Three, let me give them quickly. Because next week, like I said, I'm not with you, so I need to give them so that I don't eat into Pastor John's sermon. Play that tune again. It's been a while, eh? We used to play that. You know what just happened? I used to preach three-hour sermons when we first stayed at the church. So to remind me that I've gone beyond time, to my daddy would just start playing. <laughs> and we used to meet in the afternoon by then. <laughs> then I looked and saw a Remember that one? Let's hear it. My words, lyrics, that's always been the problem. John 4 verse 7. But again, say, for there is a day of gladness. Let's go. For there is a day of written on his heart. Imagine the Jesus you've preached about. Um, you know what? One reason I like that song. Uh, Let it be today. I like the second verse. Eh? 
it goes uh, I'm trying to remember how does it go second verse uh, guys how does the second verse start and every prayer right it goes imagine this like imagine in that day and then it goes and every prayer we made in desperation those songs of faith we sang through doubt and fear and in that day like we we'll look at him like he's there you're here and then you remember all the prayers you ever prayed and then i don't know whether he's gonna give you a hug or he'll shout take it i, I don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> whether someone will hold on to the shoe whether i don't know but you know like whoa like yeah <laughs> And, 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 and you know what I think? What, what, what's most interesting is that when we meet him, it's not like he'll be strange because like we know him. You'll be like, it'll feel like you've just met someone you've you've been with all along. Hey, 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 hey! Somebody say glory! Okay, let's go. The next point. Another thing that happens. Another quality of eternal life is that you never thirst again. Now, I know because, like, uh, I think people are used to songs that talk about our thirst and our hunger. So, um, I think sometimes those words are used in the context of wanting, like, thirst and hunger can mean wanting. But then, the context of thirsting again here refers to the God-sized hole in your heart. Let me tell you what I mean. I'll give you an example. I'm not looking for another savior. I'm not looking for another way. I'm not looking for another God. As in, I'm settled. I, as in, I really couldn't care less what any of the other <laughs> religions talk about. Honestly, I couldn't care less. I'm settled. My heart is filled. My heart is full. As in, I'm settled. I'm settled. I'm settled like this is a way. There's no alternatives. It's not a way. It's not some it's it, this is the way. Like I'm not looking for I'm not looking to replace our Lord Jesus. He's I'm settled. Like he's filled that void of Savior in my heart. That's it. There's no other way. That's 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 what I mean by you you, you never thirst again. There's a settlement in your heart. John 4 7, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So in case you wanted to know if the disciples were always just sitting, doing spiritual tasks, they actually used to do a lot of physical ones. They're the ones who'd be sent to go buy food. They're the ones who'd be sent to go prepare the tabernacle. They're the ones who'd be sent to divide the people. So serving has a lot of physicalness with it. I'm sure service units will use that. So now... <laughs> Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now look at this. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God. What's the gift of God? Come on, saints. What's the gift of God? Eternal life. Zoe, right? If you knew the gift of God and who, is, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink. You would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Living water. Water that's alive. And then, <laughs> the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where, where will you get that living water? 
Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Let's look at this. Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Uh -huh. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into Zoe. Hi, have you seen that? He says, look, there is nothing you can do on earth. And I think we went on to, if you read the next verse, the woman said, okay, give me that water. And Jesus said, where is your husband? And you notice Jesus begins to describe the woman's life. Meaning everything you do on earth, you will still thirst again for it again. It will still cause you to be thirsty. But there is a place, ladies and gentlemen, where there is this water that the Lord gives. It quenches all thirsts. Lift your hands and say, rivers of living water flow in me. I've got a river of living water. Is that so? I've got a river. Say, I've got rivers of living water. Say, I've found the way. Say, my heart is set on. My mind is set on. I've found the way. Come on, say it with more conviction. I've found the way. I've found the way. <laughs> say it's a fountain that never will run dry. Wonderful. Let's get to the next point. Another quality of eternal life, this is D, is that you get to know God personally. Personally. Let me just give an example. Is there anyone here who like, maybe you've been hearing me preach, but you've wanted us to know, you've wanted us to know each other on a personal basis, like where I know your name, I have your line, and stuff like that. Raise your hand, I'm curious. Anyone? Okay, she was first. What's your name? Sorry? Juliet who? Lenga. Is this your first time here? Okay, you've been coming? Okay, and what do you do, Juliet? What do you do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's lovely. And where do you live? Within the area. Okay. Where is Diana? Give her an appointment to see me on Tuesday. Would you like us to meet on Tuesday? Yeah, give her an appointment. Wonderful. Now, um, so after Tuesday, the way Juliet and I know each other will be different. Because it means when I see her, I'll say, Juliet. And it means from, and probably there are one or two things she would know. For example, if she enters and finds me taking coffee, she might know that, oh, pastor likes coffee. Now, imagine an opportunity to know God. Not like just know about him or see him from afar, but to know him. Are you aware that that's the definition of eternal life according to Jesus? Can I show you? Johanna 17. Johanna 17. John 17. Guys, come on. You've... <laughs> Let's, you've even gone to the verse. I didn't give it. <laughs> when media wants to shine. <laughs> Who's on projection? <laughs> Emmanuel? <laughs> 
What if I wanted to start from verse 1? So now, then Jesus spoke these words. Lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also, may also may glorify you. Hold on there. I was telling my wife something. Eh? Uh, she was talking about a certain I don't know that it's uh, Marvel. I don't know which one it is. I don't know. She was talking about it with somebody. And so I mentioned that I've only watched two in my life. I think I've only watched two or three. Um, I've watched two or three. I think I've watched the one um, I, I've watched the one where they went to Wakanda. And then in the next one, there was a rapture, right? The next one, the rapture happened. Uh, and then after the rapture, the saints came back, right? <laughs> if I'm, is that what happened? Like the saints came back from the realm of the dead and then they joined with the saints who had remained, right? And they fought the Armageddon, right? But then, but for some reason, the guy who had to like save them had to die or something like that, right? These guys are always expressing eternity in these things. I've, I've, you can find eternity expressed in Disney. They're always letting it go or seeing how far they'll go. Or they're always looking. It's like everyone, have you noticed almost all the cartoons are about finding your purpose, finding your calling. There's a voice calling you on the inside. There's something big. They, it's all about eternity. I don't know if you're getting my point. Not talking about a certain gentleman and because maybe he's... <laughs> And then the gentleman who's cast away somehow has got your purpose for him. I, I, I don't know. It's all about, for me, every time I watch this stuff, it's all eternity. It's all about, everyone, it's like, it's a piece of eternity being expressed. Always. Like maybe you are born to be a king, you are born to be like this lion king, and you find yourself in the doldrums and living a life of not caring, and then suddenly... You have to go back and fulfill your destiny again and, and you have to remember who you are because your father in heaven spoke to you. I don't know if... I, 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 no, I'm serious. Like, maybe that's why I'm one of the worst people to watch movies with. There's a movie I watched. I was just seeing the book of Ecclesiastes. The gentleman has got like a million dreams and then these medium dreams keep him awake. I don't think, and then as he's awake, suddenly one time he realizes the dreams and then when he realizes them, Ecclesiastes pours in and then the dreams are just never enough and so he keeps chasing them and in chasing them he loses what's important and then now from now on he decides to follow the real important thing. As in, it's all just, it's all just a search for eternity. Next time you want to watch a movie with me, I hope you there was a time in the cinema, there was a movie, and I was like, lay hands! I literally shouted, lay hands! Like, why don't you just lay hands? <laughs> okay, John 17 from verse 1. He said, Father, the hour has come. Don't you hear such stuff in the movies? They're all trying to be saviors. Like, the hour has come. <laughs> glorify your son that your son may glorify you. Next verse. And you have given him authority over our flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. Next verse. And this is eternal life 
that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. He says, he describes it, he points at it, he says, this is it, that they may know you. Meaning beyond the living forever, beyond the qualities that will, that will influence your health, that will influence your mind, beyond the quality, the biggest deal is that you actually get to know God. Hey. Have you ever had those moments maybe where you're just like, it's just like a random day and you lift your hands, maybe you're about to head to bed and you're like, uh, maybe you're singing, let our voices rise, oh creation Christ. And then there's just that feeling. I don't know, that knowing that, okay, right now me and God are just interacting. Like, does anything beat that? Like, where you can lift your hands and hear yourself before him. Does anything beat that? Like, that's it. Eesh. Praise God. Next point. We can transmit this life to others and even to objects. Even to our own bodies. Even to our own bodies. Look at this. I'll give you two, three verses very quickly. First Corinthians 15 verse 45. As it is written, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. Now, I want you to notice Acts 3 verse 6. Peter is, meets a man who's lame. And then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankles and bones received strength. Romans 8 verse 11. If the, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life, Zoe, to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. You can actually transmit this life or have proper sessions on those. What I'm giving really are just headings. But you can transmit this life. Now notice it says the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Then he can give Zoe to your mortal body. Your body can come back to order. Your body is coming back to order. Your body has come back to order. And you know something? You can transfer life to everything around you as well. Speak life to your business. Speak life to your career. Come on, speak life to your vocation. Speak life to your family. Speak life to your car, in Jesus' name. Speak life to your car. <laughs> speak life. You know, I've seen inanimate objects respond to the life of God. I remember there was a period. I, I don't know why it stopped happening. I don't know what God was trying to teach me. It's just sad that I learned the lesson first. There was a period when there was a period when I started waking up to full tanks. How many of you are with me? You remember? Like my, like my car is on this. I wake up in the morning, it's a full tank. And it lasts you like as long as a full tank lasts you. And then it will happen again, randomly. I, I've, no, I've never been told the secret for it happening always. I don't know. I don't know what God was trying to teach me. But Lord, I've not finished learning the lesson. <laughs> oh, God.
God. <laughs> I've been seeing your prayers. Test me with a million dollars. I want to show you that I'm... I'm <laughs> and I can tell you crazy things I've seen. One time, um, pass me the guitar. Pastor Daniel borrowed my guitar, right? No, it didn't need to be like in a playing form. Just the guitar alone. Just want to show them something. This is the new one? Okay. So, <laughs> okay, wonderful. Pastor Daniel borrowed my guitar for a meeting without me knowing. By then, we'll leave it together. Now, Pastor Daniel has got grace for snapping strings. So let's just say a string snapped. So when he came home, apparently, apparently, he accused me that I can be very confrontational, I can ask questions and stuff like that, which doesn't sound like me. So apparently, he was afraid to tell me that the guitar had a snapped string. So he just went and took it in the room. <laughs> then later on, I wanted to worship, and I said, I said, Aaron, bring me the guitar. And the guitar comes and he's just thinking, yeah. <laughs> and he just notices we're playing. Then he comes to check it, and we found a new string. How many of you saw that string? We showed a few people. We found a new string. The string was different from all the rest. And the way it was tied, it's not a human being who tied it. It looked like it had been tied by a machine. What happened? The life of God just decided to overflow. <laughs> I can give you example after example. Have I ever found money? Yes. <laughs> Do I believe in that? Yes. If you don't, bring it to me. <laughs> We've always got use for it. I can tell you example after example. There were moments, there was a season where God was teaching us on signs and wonders. How many of you remember? Where gold dust would appear on our hands. Like from nowhere, like pfft. Okay. Maybe that season is coming back. <laughs> our final point for today. Somebody may be asking, Pastor, this eternal life sounds so good. I want to know when it starts. John 5 verse 21. Let's answer when does eternal life start. So this is not E. This is now just when does eternal life start. Meaning number two. Uh -huh. John 5, 21 to 24, then we read 1 John 3, verse 14. John 5, 21. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. Uh -huh. For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. That all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Eh, hey, Jesus, I honor you. <laughs> Next. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. Not will have, has everlasting life. Praise God. Praise the Lord. So it says, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has Zoe and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. That's a topic for another day. That's a topic for another day. Have you noticed in Hebrews 6 the foundational doctrine says judgment. It shows you that judgment day for a believer is different. Who's ever been on a flight and then maybe you're checking in advance on your phone? Okay, fine. 
not yet. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know any other example I can think of, but you notice when you're flying that there's an option given where you can check in in advance. And when you go uh, by the immigrations and all those things, you just do the needful. But for you, you're already checked in because you already did a self-check. So they are not judging whether you're fit to qualify for the flight or not. You've already been judged fit. You've done a check-in already. What am I trying to say, ladies and gentlemen? Jesus is actually saying that those who have everlasting life won't come into judgment. That's a story for another day. <laughs> should remind me, I'll teach on the different judgments that will take place. It means that there are certain lines which in heaven you just walk in. Because the passing from death to life doesn't qualify by you going in the grave. It already happened while you are on earth. Sometimes people think eternal life, the qualification for it is to die. And yet Jesus says the qualification is to believe him. That whosoever believeth in me shall not perish but have eternal life. 1 John 3.14, it says we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. So he's saying we know we have passed. We've already passed it. So we might as well just learn how to bring it out. There's more I want to teach on this, but for today, let me end here. In the next lesson, I want you to get a bit more practical with regards to eternal life, because Timothy is told, fight the good fight of faith, and he says, lay hold of eternal life. So you can grab a hold of it and use it for you. <laughs> Imagine you grab a hold of it. You lay hold of it. What do you think it's going to do to your body? Guys, when we're done with this series, lay hold of it. I, wanna, I want everyone's eyes to just be closed for a moment. I want to ask a question about your eternity. As things stand right now, is your eternity secure? If so, where are you spending it? Have you passed into eternal life? And it's very evident if you've passed into eternal life. How? If you've passed into eternal life, there's an assurance in your heart that the Lord Jesus is in you. If that assurance is not there, Peter said, make your election sure. So meaning you're better off being sure today than sitting down with a maybe. So if you've not confessed Jesus as your Lord, if you want to give up the world and just follow Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. Your eternity is worth this hand raise. So I want you to raise your hand and then I'll call you to the front. So just raise it. If you'd like to respond to this autogo today, I'm seeing some half hands and the like. If you're going to raise it, raise it. Wonderful. I see that hand as well. Anybody else? I see that hand. Anybody else? I see that hand. Some of you may have, I see it. Some of you may have been brought up in the right path, but perhaps you strayed away from the path. So even if you strayed away, this is an opportunity for you to come back. Okay? So perhaps it's a rededication. Raise your hand as well. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Stand up, please. Stand up, please. Stand, stand, stand. Stand. Stand and come to the front. You're welcome. Stand and come to the front. You're very welcome. 
Let me not have any pulpit. Come, 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 come and keep coming. Come on, just keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Hold on. Check on your neighbor just in case they're shy. If this order applies to them, let them come. If you have to escort them, do so. Leaders, check on random people. Is everything okay? Everything is fine? Lovely. Check on your neighbors, please. Anybody else, please come. Anybody else, please come. have to be say Lord Jesus I believe you are the son of God I confess you as my Lord and from this day I'm born again I have eternal life I have passed from death into life Amen Our ministers let's minister to them quickly raise your hands please I can have one person on each person, so it just takes two minutes. If there's need for extra help, please go for it. But just minister to them. New Jerusalem. Christ of Nazareth I speak the blessing of God on you I speak life I speak life the life of God which animates the plans of God I speak that those declarations you've been doing they catch life those plans you've been making they catch life those 
all those things that you've been putting your effort in they experience life the same life that raised Jesus from the dead that same life manifests even in your business manifests in your mind manifests in your body the same God that we've seen heal the sick that same God raises you from dust and lifts you to sit with the princess in the name of Jesus oh my God I sense the anointed I bless you now I cancel every work of death any death that has been working in your body any death that has been working in your mind any death that has been working in your soul any death that has been working in your business any death that has been manifesting in your academics any death that has been manifesting in your career any death that has been manifesting in your relationships I stand as a servant of God and I speak life 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 for in him was life and that life was the light of men some of you have had body organs which have not been working very well i speak life i speak life to your bloodstream i speak life to every organ of your body in the name of jesus life 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 amen somebody shout a glorious amen let's say the grace together Amazing grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church.